0: Gang, for over a year now, I've been talking about True Hemp Science full-spectrum CBD oils and how they've reduced my anxiety and helped me get better sleep without waking up feeling foggy and confused. I've also talked about the full-spectrum CBD bombs that relieved my hand pain last year and made playing piano and guitar much easier. Well, gang, today I'm going to tell you about True Hemp Science organic gummies made with full-spectrum hemp oil that are available now. They come in two different gauges. There are uh, 50 milligram ones that have 50 milligrams of CBD and 1.5 milligrams of THC. Then there are ones that are 100 milligrams of CBD and 5 milligrams of THC. Absolutely delicious uh, lemon-lime slash orange flavors and also watermelon-black cherry flavors super super delicious. Now, now they also have a complete line of full spectrum CBD products including oils, tinctures, skincare lotions, sports rubs, chocolates, gummies, all kinds of stuff. Well gang, How Did I Get Here has teamed up with True Hemp Science to bring you a very special offer that benefits all of us. Spend $100 or more at truehempscience.com and you will get a free gift. Just enter the code H-D-I-G-H at checkout. There's a little code place there for you to enter it, H-D-I-G-H, and you will get a free gift with purchase. That's right. Go to TrueHempscience.com and balance your body and mind with True Hemp Science. Let's get down. Hey, gang, I want to make a quick announcement. Since we started this podcast in 2011, only the last 20 episodes have been available on the streaming services. You had to go back to the Podbean app or to the website, howdidigethere.podbean.com to access past the 20 last 20 episodes. Well, gang, big surprise. As of now... The last 100 episodes are available on all streaming sites. That includes the From the Vault episodes. All of the episodes, the last 100 episodes from this episode back, are available now on all streaming services, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, Stitcher. Go there. If, whichever one you're subscribed to, whichever one you use the most, go subscribe to How Did I Get Here. Follow us, rate us, leave us a comment if you can, and uh, and check out the episodes, man. 100 episodes, all available. If you still want to go back beyond the 100 episodes, you can download the Podbean app or go to howdidigethere.podbean.com and always scroll through our entire catalog. All right? Get out there and enjoy the last 100 episodes of How Did I Get Here on your favorite streaming services. Let's get down. you got
1: to open the vault. Open my vault? Open your vault. <laughs> Once I open the vault, it ceases to be a vault. You have to join. Wait, the vault.
0: I'm Johnny. I'm your host. Welcome to another episode of How Did I Get Here From The Vault, where we reach back into our vault of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of episodes. Pull one out, shine it up, and re-release it just in case you missed it or in case you want to hear it again. Gang, today we go all the way back to episode 340, originally released on January 6th of 2015 with power pop legend Dwight Twilley. That's right, man. I first got hip to Dwight when his song Girls came out, and it was on MTV I was about fifteen. I turned it on. I freaked out. I loved this song. I ended up getting the uh, getting the record. And over the years, I've dug deeper and deeper into his catalog. And I'm just a huge, huge fan of Dwight Twilley. Such a great songwriter. I remember seeing some videos of him with uh, early in his career, like late '70s stuff with Tom Petty playing bass. Uh, yeah, it's very, very exciting. If you don't know Dwight Twilley, man, look him up and do this. Yeah, find out find out who you're listening to because this guy's just amazing, amazing, amazing songwriter. So in 2015. Uh, I had the chance to talk to him and we had to do it over the phone because he's in Tulsa and whatever, but he had just made a record called Always and it was about to come out and we have a really great conversation about him having his own studio, taking his career into his own hands and doing music on his own terms, his, burge, his burgeoning painting career, which is a huge thing that he's super into at this point back in 2015, and also uh, crazy shit like being on Solid Gold, which I saw him on, and Dance Fever, these weird early 80s shows that, that were on television, but we have a really good conversation about all that stuff. Dwight Twilley is a super nice guy, really, really nice guy. I remember, I think my, fr- my friend Ron Flint hooked us up together uh to do this podcast. But I remember it was the end of 2014 like around Christmas time I got the got the email like hey do you want to talk to Dwight and I was like sure but I ended up getting really sick over New Year's. And uh and I did this like on January 2nd or something I think is when we actually had the conversation. But I remember getting up from the from the bed and taking a bunch of Nyquil. And then sitting on the couch covered in blankets and doing this conversation on the phone with this great legend, Dwight Twilley. So without further ado, let's go all the way back to episode 340 from January 6, 2015, with power pop legend Dwight Twilley. Let's get down.
1: How did I get here from the vault?
2: Yeah, regular regular stuff. Okay. find final poster
1: too. <laughs> yeah.
2: Big time important stuff.
0: Well, you you are you're in charge of your own music now.
2: Yes, pretty much. And yeah. this
0: this album always I I assume is like just like from you recorded it in your studio, produced it yourself. Correct. Yep. And it's all in your hands right now. Is that an incredibly great feeling or is it a little overwhelming?
2: Uh both. Yeah. You know what I mean? The actual work of it, you know, when somebody in uh, Sweden wants a, a CD, uh, you're kind of responsible to get it to them.
0: Yeah. In some ways, though, uh, it's nice to have control over what you do.
2: Well oh, hell yes.
0: I imagine when you were doing, like, the record Jungle or something, you had someone over your, over your shoulder, you know, saying this or that or insisting oh, that you me. have choreographed football playing high school guys going into a shower. Yeah, for <laughs>
2: yeah, you know no all idea. that, all that with the major labels, there was always somebody with a suit in the background calling the shots. Uh, yeah. I know the first time that um, Phil and I, or Dwight Foley Band, were, were on American Bandstand, we played I'm on Fire." Yeah, yeah, and uh, and then we introduced our new, you know, our new follow-up single, "Shark." Yeah, and uh, everybody, there was actually radio stations that recorded it off American Bandstand. And started playing it on the air, and, but there was some yeah, some executive up in the top of the you know building, you know, with you know manicured fingernails decided that that wasn't a very good idea because it sounded like we were taking advantage of of the success of the movie Jaws, right? So that that. Uh, that never came out as a single. It's funny that it pissed us, it pissed us off so much. We we, t- we took it off our album. <laughs> yeah, that's what
0: that that's that's what I was gonna say. It's a, it's hard to find now.
2: Yeah, it's around though.
0: Yeah, yeah. My friend Corey has it, and I, um, there's a there, I'm in a band called Skyrocket, and there's three of us that, that used to ride together all the time, and we called ourselves the Sharks. And every time we <laughs> were g- coming home from a trip, that was the first song we'd listen to. That's I'm funny. serious. Yeah. Hey, uh, so tell me about always. So you did that in your studio, and mm-hmm. did you co-write any of that stuff? Because I don't, I don't have a physical thing to no, see that. No,
2: I always write all my all, music, all your own always stuff. Have. Yeah. Always have.
0: that's amazing. So, so you did this in your own. Studio. Who, who all, who all did you have on the album? I know you had Ron on there. Ron oh Flint.
2: It's quite a list. Yeah, I can read some of these names here. Uh, Let's see. Well, of course, we had Ron, like you said, uh, Ron Flint and Steve Allen. So we had the full 2020 experience. Yeah. And uh, we had uh, an interesting person was also James Barth, who co-engineered I'm on Fire. Oh, wow. Back to those days. Uh, Did strings. um, Can't. To really get through an album without asking Susan to come sing on something, Susan Calvillo.
0: Yeah, you guys have a cool thing. I saw an old video from, I guess, the time of the Jungle record with her singing Back Up
2: mm-hmm. on Girls yeah, or we've something. We've been singing together for years. Yeah, Susan is the uh, sweetheart of the universe.
0: That's what I've heard.
2: And then we have Mitch Easter. A lot yes, of know him and uh, some uh, the connoisseurs of music would know uh, Jimmy Carstein. Uh, unbelievable drummer percussionist. Right. That went all the way back to uh, being the drummer for Gary Lewis and the Playboys. Oh, wow. And um, then, of course, uh, the amazing Tommy Keene. Wow. And then a real interesting one uh, was, because what, what happened was, uh, as we finished up our previous album, Soundtrack, right. towards the end of that album, uh, Bill the IV passed away, and right. we were really a team yeah jan uh, yeah, engineering and me and bill uh, uh, constantly recording for the last 10 years or so right. so we were kind of felt weird uh, about what direction to go and it was suggested to us that why don't we um call on some of our friends because we'd never really did that much before you know uh we were just such a uh, a condensed music-making machine. You know, if it just happened to happen, it would happen, with some, you know, or somebody would be in town. Uh, we'd have somebody play, but we never really needed to. And so I actually made an effort to actually, you know, ring up some of my friends and people I've worked with in the past and, and say, hey, you want to try something? And one of the interesting ones was, for years, um, fans have always talked about, asked about <laughs> the lead break, on the song, Sincerely, uh-huh. which was actually about 12 to 14 tracks of uh, backwards guitars. Oh, wow. Which we recorded at Leon Russell's 40-track studio um, wow. way back when, yeah. in back in the day. And uh, there didn't used to be 40 tracks then, by the way. <laughs>
0: How did you do would Did you do slave machines, or did you just bounce shit down like old school?
2: Well, you didn't really have to when you had 40 tracks.
0: What? How you could was...
2: afford to have 12 tracks of guitar.
0: Oh, okay, but how did you have 40-tracks when there wasn't a 40-track machine?
2: There was, actually. Oh. Leon Russell had one of the first. Oh, wow. Uh, Stevens, 40-track. Uh,
0: I have never yeah. heard of that.
2: Yeah, he had a couple of them. And we were among the first people to ever use one. And so in a short amount of time, we went from working on a TAC 4-track
1: <laughs> to working at Leon
2: Russell's 40-track. That's just the way this business is. But anyway, some people for years have asked about uh, that guitar part, which was done by Roger Lynn, who later on became famous for inventing the Lin drum.
1: Oh, wow. And,
2: and he played on a number of my records through the years, and I hadn't talked to him in a long time, and I just called him, Hey, Rog, you know, <laughs> you, you don't want to get a uh, crack at one of these tunes, you know? And uh, so we, uh, Roger Lynn is playing guitars on one of the songs. And, uh Oh, we got uh, another Tolson here, Steve Ripley, a very talented, interesting, diverse guitar player. Yeah. Uh Leland Sklar is no slouch as a bass Whoa. player.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's and
2: uh then the the illustrious King Ken, Ken Stringfellow. Yeah. So that's just a little uh, smattering of of some of the talent besides some of the guys in my live my live show playing on it as well.
0: That's fantastic. Are you about to go you're going out to California? Are you going to do some shows out there? Is that what you're doing? I'm
2: actually just going to do an in-store appearance. Okay and do a short little acoustic set. Great. So
0: man, let me ask you this: you've been putting out records for forty years.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, and it's I mean a lot of laundry, isn't it:
0: That is a I mean that your vinyl eight track cassettes like the mediums have changed mm-hmm. the 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 playing field has changed. The music has changed, and by the way, let me tell you, your record is so great, and you're in such Thank great you. form. It's very inspiring to know that one can one can keep on making music that's vibrant. There's a vibrancy to your music, you know. On this record, always there's like it's exciting to listen to, and it sounds like somebody really making a record, not like you know what I mean. Like it, it it's As nice to see to someone that's still excited. Interest. Yeah, yeah, or, or you know.
2: Yeah, we're still infatuated by what we do. It's still magical to us.
0: That's amazing. We call our
2: studio our magic box.
0: That's good. That's that's very good. So, in in all this time of putting out these records and like, what? How does how how does it look to you? Are you at all intimidated by all of the change that's happened by Spotify by all the social media and everything?
2: Uh, You know, I don't know if intimidated is the word. There is one thing, though, that that I think a lot about these days that has me really disappointed, and that is the fact that there's like a whole generation of people that really uh, don't listen to music, don't hear music anymore. Yeah. Because they're listening on their computer or little buds in their ears. Yeah. And they have no idea, uh, sonically, the the uh, huge amount of sounds and a part of the music that they're missing—they're just not hearing at all. No. And, and um, actually, we've had people come in at, at times into our studio, and it's like they're kind of like in shock because they haven't heard music.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole
2: generation that literally has not really heard music because you know there was a time when you would be invited to someone's house.
0: Because they just got and the they, new Dwight oh, Twilley record or something. they would off there yeah.
2: tell you about how great of speakers they had and what yeah. kind of turntable. And everybody would sit around and they'd put on some brand new record called something like Revolver. Yeah. And we, you'd listen to the record from top to top to bottom, you know, extremely loud. Yeah. And it was like an experience with for this group of people. You know, it was really exciting and everybody was more excited about music. Now it's just like you... People run away into the corner and not, you know, or they have it in their ears where no one else is listening with them. Yeah. And they're not hearing the whole record. They're hearing like 30% of the sound. So, so many nuances and things that we take so much time, you know, and detail um, to create um, are never heard. You're right. And so it's, your you know, in a way we feel fortunate that this particular record and our last few records they transfer well to that, you know, they sound good on a computer and a little earbud and we're, or a little car cassette or something, um, you know, or DVD, DVD CD player in your car.
1: Yeah, whatever the heck. And it's out,
2: you know, it's, it sounds good. Uh, and we're just lucky about that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, um, it is, I just, it kind of makes me sad. It's unfortunate. If there's anything about the new technology that, uh, I'm uncomfortable with it's that that's thinking about the fact that uh, took... my art uh, people are only hearing a tiny percent of what I'm really doing. yeah, and I'm not the only one in the boat. <laughs> this is almost every artist that exists. Yeah So that was my speech on that how do you how do you,
0: How do you take in music now like how do you how do you find new music how do you, How do you listen to music? Do you still listen? I,
2: I never have. I've always thought that um, if there was an, something important I needed to hear, it always came to me. You know, it would always end up in my face. I never searched for it. I never went and bought everybody's album and listened top to bottom. I didn't really want to be influenced by anything. I you know, I like my original influences. You know, the. Yeah, no, you the have early, a very
0: unique sound under yourself. Uh, you know uh, what I mean?
2: Yeah, from so going back to the Beatles and a lot of the '60s. Uh, artist and uh and back to uh elvis and uh, all the great artists out of that time you know the Everly brothers etc cetera, etc cetera, yeah on and on and uh I, I if there's a i'm stuck with the radio i just assume listen to an oldies station
1: yeah
0: yeah i mean yeah i've i'm down with that do you get to get out do you play any uh pop festivals like uh I know that uh, some friends of mine went to go see you a few years ago at South by Southwest.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we do, quite a few. We did a big one in New York. Yeah, a few months back. Yeah,
0: this oh the CMJ. I don't
2: That's know what C- it was called. Oh. <laughs> All I know is that people <laughs> came. I, I sometimes you wonder. I, I, you know, just looking at as I'm standing in front of the. 600 seater with uh, my name on the bill thinking is anybody gonna show up <laughs>
0: <laughs> but people do
2: you yeah a, it was sold out was yeah dead.
0: people love you man i mean yeah, we
2: did w- w- real well in canada w- uh recently when so yeah we do
0: um I, and, sorry go ahead
2: oh god i was just gonna say and we intend to get out and about quite a bit we hope to is that and we're actually we're going to uh, take a uh, little time away from recording. We've been recording non-stop. If you think about it, we've done 3 albums in a 4-year period. Mm-hmm. From 2010 to 2014. Right. 3 full studio albums of all yeah. new material. That's, that's quite a that's more than a lot of bands do in their whole careers. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And uh so we we're going to step back away from recording. It will be hard to do, but it's so addictive, but uh and try to get out out more, and, and, and kind of address some other little issues and little dreams and things we want to take care of.
0: Like what? Do you want to share those?
2: Well, uh, I'm very interested in uh, capturing my artwork. I've been doing art all my life. Is, did you do the cover of Always? Yes, I did.
0: Oh, awesome. I love it. Well, thank you. Yeah. Okay, so you've been doing art all your life.
2: Yeah. And I've, always, I've never sold it. I've showed it a few times, uh-huh. but there's so much of it. And I always wanted to do a book. And because of color and all that kind of stuff uh, in the past, it was really not, it's too expensive to do a book. It costs too much to have it transferred, you know? Yeah. Uh, in the old days. But now with scanning and uh, that all that cost kind of disappears. Right. And it, um, it you know, it may be an in several different formats so it might be in the form of a documentary it might be in the form of like a, a art ebook but and i don't i'd like to make prints but basically just while while i still have it before it gets burned up or lost or a flood or something yeah i i, uh, I would like to uh, capture uh, and protect you know digitally capture yeah. all the artwork i've done throughout my life and a lot of it relates directly to the music a lot of uh, there's even you know, like a, I have a drawing for "I'm on Fire." Oh
1: know? yeah,
2: this <laughs> songs. You know, while I'd be working on a song, sometimes I'd have the drawing that was went along with the song, I, or a painting.
0: I've been that. I've I've done similar sort of things. And you know, there's a guy. Do you know who Jay Joyce is?
2: Uh, it doesn't ring a bell. He's a producer
0: and guitar player guy in Nashville, and he he told me this thing like fifteen or sixteen years ago about how healthy it is to keep two studios going at once if you paint and and then the music one so you just bounce between each one and every time you hit a wall in one you go to the other yeah, and that's, do something that's a good thought. I don't know what happens if you uh if you hit a wall in both of them <laughs> I guess you that's leave bad. for a while <laughs> <laughs> but did you do you do it like that? I mean do you do you use it as kind of like a a therapy since it's there's not as much weight on it as it is as I, there I, I, is your your music creatively that you have this other creative outlet that doesn't have as much pressure on it. So I
2: think uh, that um, in the last ten or more years, ever since I got my own studio, I've definitely strayed away from graphic art. I've done a few things, but it's the uh, the uh, studio having your own studio, which is a luxury. Um, it's just so addictive that you find find it hard to turn it off.
0: Yeah, totally. Totally. Uh, This video is the video uh, when you go right to your website, which is DwightTwilly.com. When you go right to your website, there's two videos. There's one of you that has like Merv introducing you and stuff and then has you singing in the studio. Is it that's your studio? Yes. Uh, It's nice, man.
2: With our circular window.
0: Yeah. Yeah. big oak studio. So, um, it, it, you at this studio? Do you ever produce other people?
2: No, there's really just not time for it. I can Sometimes, see that with how prolific I mean, you are. For a, a friend or something, or just something fun, little project. Uh, we've done a few things, but it's it's really strictly a matter of we're usually just into an album. Yeah, and there's just no time for it.
1: Yeah.
0: Hey, tell me about this Beatles album. Because I, I, I didn't even notice it until today, and then I was listening to it, I was like, whoa, this is crazy. What an undertaking.
2: You know, it really was just somebody uh, paying us money to record Beatles songs. Oh, really? And it, we didn't really take it very seriously. It was just, it was, how can you turn it down? It was just somebody wanted to pay us, and we'd do one, and then they'd say, oh, God, you got to do this one, and they'd pay us more, and do, do this one. It wasn't really our project or... You know, our idea or creation, and and uh, I know some people enjoy it, but it's I don't like even really consider it the Dwight Willie album. No, just like it's just like a collection of covers.
0: Sure, I've, you know I've done that. I've I've even recorded some of the same ones that you did. They're not as mm-hmm. good though. <laughs> That's what's sad. When I heard yours, I was like, damn it! But I have friends that have done the same thing. Um, uh. Wh- are there any other creative projects outside of the art thing that you're going to do this year that you were saying you wanted to do some outside stuff? Documentary?
2: Uh, well, yeah, there, ad- there's still a documentary that's in the works. And while we're in Los Angeles, we're going to be having some meetings with some people that are interested in that project and the possibility that they might melt together between the art uh, and uh, the art and the. Uh, uh, Story, the documentary right, right. story. So it's it's all kind of a, a lot of head scratching going on. Yeah, you know, and th- and just business things. Right. Things well, that we haven't um, paid enough attention to because we've been so busy recording. Yeah. So we're totally. getting a lot of a co- uh, action in uh, with film and television at the moment. That's great, and I, I know you you probably heard of the movie You're Next. Yes. It was out. Yeah. It was pretty successful and. The main song in the film, the only song in the film actually, is the song "Looking for the Magic."
0: That's great. Uh,
2: from the Dwyllie Don't Mind, right? it album by the Dwight Twilly Band, and uh, it's uh there's a real popular video on YouTube uh, from a television show that uh, was called Wacko back '77 or so. You can look it up, no, you are, oh you can, yeah yeah look up Dwight Twilly, looking for the magic. I Dwight must Twilly have Band, seen it today. Looking for the magic, you can find it. And, And people like the fact that it's Bill Peckock the fourth and on guitar, Phil Seymour on drums, and Tom Petty on bass. Yeah, and and I'm playing the piano.
1: Yeah,
2: and so how did how did with with the film and uh, uh, it's kind of made our audience change. We have a lot younger audience. And they all know the words and sing along, and that's kind of fun. I've, and for some reason, they're like, <laughs> coming out in like five more motion pictures over the next year or so.
0: That's great, Dwight. And,
2: and a couple of uh, television shows as well. Great. Big ones. And we, why? I have no idea.
0: <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, it's good songs last. That's why. You know Yeah, what? your
2: songs, can they can come back and take care of you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good feeling, I bet. Hey, tell me about this. So you you and Tom Petty were label mates mm-hmm. on Shelter. Right. And that's how you knew each other? Yeah. And obviously, there's no way either of you guys couldn't be fans of each other's music.
2: Because you're um, both amazing. I've always been a fan of uh, Yeah. from the minute I met Tom.
0: Yeah, do you guys um, still stay in touch?
2: No, hardly. I think he's like too big a star now to talk <laughs> to me.
0: No way. That's what I thought about you. I was like, when I, when I contacted Jan, I was like, well, I don't know if do I it. Tw- I've actually been thinking about this since Ron was on my show. Um, let me ask you then a couple of questions about these TV shows because I did have some questions. What was it like being on Solid Gold? Because I was like, that was my, my like I was like, I'm 46. So like that show came out, I was super into music and I used to tune into that show every week to see my bands play. Right. And today when I saw you performing Girls on there... I noticed the people clapping all the way through it. That was really yeah. annoying. And then I was like, "Man, that show must have been so fucking weird to do."
2: <laughs> it was actually one of the good ones. It was, was it? Fun. Yeah, and it it, it had uh, real good camera work. Yeah, it they did a good have good camera work. Show. Yeah, we were on that show a number of times. Um, it, it looked good, you know, and it yeah. was it was well produced. And uh, but like for instance, the, the exact opposite was the the show that i think was on the same time called dance fever
0: oh you were on dance fever oh yeah oh my god with danny terrio yeah he used to they used to go on back to back
2: did they yeah i forget but you know like the, the camera work it was like night and day right it was, <laughs> i know that uh we were doing the song why you want to break my heart on there once i love that song and uh <laughs> they turned up the, the you know, the smoke cloud while we're <laughs> playing the song. And I mean you know, and the band was like crying. It was just like so severe. You could barely see us. That's <laughs> and hilarious. Somebody like overdid it or something. It was like the studio was on fire or something.
0: That's some spinal tap shit. Have you ever thought of writing a book? Cause I, ba- uh,
2: I have written a book. I published a book in nineteen ninety four. Yeah, with right.
0: your about uh, le- sorry letters with your daughter. You're
2: talking to a published yeah, author. Yeah, sorry, sir. sorry, I'm
0: sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, and see, and I'm looking at the uh, uh, possible book with this artwork.
0: Oh yeah, right. Well, let me. Uh, what's what's the name of that book? The book that you put out? Uh, questions from Dad. Questions from Dad. It's it's it, that's mostly just explain that book
2: to me. Um, <laughs> uh, it was just a thing about the, you know uh, a way for. A method for people to communicate uh, in a long distance way with kids. Because so many people, you know, uh, are separated from their, you know, wife or something. Wife moves away just God knows where. Right. Somebody's in the military or in prison or something. And it was just a little method to help people communicate. And, you know, there was a, it did seem to kind of help some people. And, um, I got a little award for it from the Children's Rights Council.
1: That's really beautiful, and, uh, man.
2: That spoke in Washington, did all that kind of crap. But if at the end of the day, uh, uh, I don't think I'd do it again. It was like I felt strange going on television without a guitar. Yeah, it was weird.
0: Yeah, you s- you seem like you're definitely a musician, musician. Yeah. Like uh, not not to go back and belabor the girls' video, but even like. Uh, you do silly very well with the straight face in that video like with the shaving cream and stuff yeah but um but yeah you don't seem like a like uh like like you want you're present yourself much more outside of playing music Not On much. That, in that way yeah yeah um <coughs> sorry I got a cough
2: <laughs> good it's you and not me
0: yeah it is me um so uh, it's gonna be a big year a great year I'm excited to see this. Um, I'm excited to see what you guys do, and um, I'm hoping that someday we can meet. Are you planning on on making it down to South by Southwest at all this year, or do you I have any plans not. to tour?
2: <laughs> I remember being a, uh, at the airport. I've done that several times, and we always have a good time, and we always have a big crowd. Uh, but I you know leaving South by Southwest, I'm at the airport, and lo and behold you know you couldn't quite get out of there without you know some news team coming up to me and they, they said and they asked me you know what what is the best thing about south by southwest and i said leaving <laughs> <laughs> you know well, i don't like the way that they handle it where they the band's got a exactly 35.4 seconds to do a set yeah and throw your gear off and on stage and you know it's kind of like trying to make uh, a band play under the worst circumstances and see how well they do. It's almost like a game show or something.
0: Right. I and always uh, feel I always feel bad for bands that like come from Japan and they're like thrown in this parking lot of like, you know, a hot dog place.
2: Yeah, no kidding.
0: You know. So it's, in a
2: way it's, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of disrespectful to musicians in a way, but I know a lot of people have a great time there and it serves a lot of purposes. It's it's good for people to you know, connect with people and, and I've done it before, and I've had fun doing it before, but it's not on the top of my wish list.
0: no um, but is when you tour, you tour with a full band. do you ever do solo tours?
2: I, I have never done a solo tour, uh, but I may, in the future um, with the artwork, I yeah. might uh, go around and do oh. uh, at, not play clubs and right. play art galleries. And do like a little acoustic set and then you know, show my artwork and sign the artwork for people and and um, so that concept is it has been, been floating around because they make it hard for you to tour these days too, it's so expensive.
1: It is, and certain yeah.
2: parts of the country are terrible. And you know how you there there's certain parts of the country, like if you're trying to go from Tulsa to uh LA for instance, there aren't that many places you can play along the way. Right. you know, to pay for your gas and your hotel right. rooms and all that, but, you know, we've been thinking about the idea of forget playing at the clubs if they there, there isn't a club or if the clubs want to treat you crappy. Right. Almost every town has an art gallery. Yeah. And it might just be a fun, intimate way to go across and promote always and um, and show some artwork and uh, add a little music into it. So that's something we're toying with, you know, since so a, the toying stage, you might. In fact, what I'm doing at this in store is kind of like a little bit like that. So it's going to be kind of a tester and see how that goes.
1: Well, good.
0: Well, I'm curious. I'm not
2: real. I'm not a real trou- troubadour kind of guy, right? And actually, if you if you think about my music in general, it's it's not really
0: solo acoustic uh, guy.
2: It's not really. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not designed really for like one singer and a guitar.
0: No, it's like a power pop band music.
2: Yeah. But there are some songs you can that you can pull off. Yeah, sure. So
0: sure. That's that I mean do you do you do you look at yourself as being akin to all of those twenty twenty, the Plimsolls, the knack?
2: Uh, yeah, they're all guys who were kind of in the same genre.
0: Yeah. And what about all of the resurgences? Were you ever uh did you well obviously the posies. You worked with Ken. Mm hmm. And um did you ever listen to like jellyfish or anything like that?
2: I never really listened to much no. of anybody. Okay, just
0: I didn't. I didn't know if it just came across you, or maybe you toured with them, or something. Or oh, a lot of
2: times, most of these guys, we but one time or another, we did shows together. I think Big Star opened for us a lot of times.
0: Wow, yeah, that was an amazing band, one of my faves. Well, um, man, I uh, I I love this album. Always, i encourage all people to go and get it. They can go to DwightTwilly.com. dot com. And pick yeah, things up. a good up.
2: place to get it, especially if you want it signed.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you can get a signed copy. You know what? I'm going to do that now. Um, thank you so much for doing Is there anything that I'm missing? Is there anything you want to tell the well, people? Well, I
2: would hope you would invite people to join us uh, on Facebook. Yes. At Dwight Twilly Fan World.
0: Okay. Dwight Twilly Don't Fan try World to go on to Facebook. Dwight
2: Twilley, he's not a snob. He's just full. Yeah. <laughs> he, can't, he can't have any more friends. No more friends. So join us at Dwight's Woolly Fan World. Okay. And just about everything that we post on the, our main page anyway, we post there too. So you can follow what we're doing and, and look at back and see what we've done in the past. And We put up some really interesting posts. In fact, uh, we had a great post that had like 300 likes, like yesterday or something, on New Year's Eve. Uh, we put up a picture of, uh, of me and Dick Clark.
1: Oh, Yeah. <laughs> How was yeah, that? The, How was American Bandstand? Have, uh,
2: have a happy... Uh,
1: rockin' New Year's?
2: Happy Rockin' New Year's Eve, <laughs> or what, you know? Yeah. Uh, people really liked that. So, just, um, we'd love to um, hear from uh, from yep. all the the people out there.
1: Yeah,
0: there's and, people uh, out there. Right?
2: On the fan world.
0: Okay, on the social and, media. Are you also on Twitter?
2: Uh, we are, but my wife knows all that stuff. Okay. I wouldn't know... So just Twilly. go to the Dwight Twilley Just look for Twilley on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> we don't tweet
0: much though. <laughs> okay. Just go to the Dwight Dwight Twilley fan world, that's the main mm-hmm. one, at dwighttwilley.com for all your Dwight Twilley needs. Well man, thank you so much for doing the show and uh, and I hope, enjoyed it. Yeah. Take care and uh, and thank you so much for all the great music. I'm a huge fan <laughs> and it's great to in honor to get to talk to you.
2: Thank you sir.
0: Yeah. Dwight Twilley. Fantastic, right? I'd love to thank Dwight for being on the show, and I'd like to thank Jan Twilley for setting it all up. Don't forget, if you are in Los Angeles, California, you can see Dwight doing an in-store at Wombleton Records Wednesday, January 14th at 8 p.m. That's Wombleton Records, 5123 York Boulevard, Los Angeles, California, 90042. Their phone number is 213 422 0069. Get to Wombleton on Wednesday, January 14th at 8 p.m. and see some Dwight Twilley. All right? I'm looking forward to some of that artwork, man. I like what I've seen so far, and I think I'd like to get a Twilly for the studio here. That's what I'd like to do. Okay? You can pick up his album always on the internet. Get a signed copy, man. Go to DwightTwilley.com. get yourself a signed copy. We're going to play the title track always from the album, always, right here as soon as I finish talking. Uh, get out there, DwightTwilley.com. Get a signed copy, and also you can like his Facebook page, which is a Dwight Twilly Fan Page, I believe is what it's called. You'll, you'll see it. If you type in Dwight Twilly Fan, you'll find the page. Go like it. You can also like our Facebook page. How did I get here? You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Johnny Gowdy. Once again, a lot of thanks to Dwight for all of the music. A lot of thanks to Jan for setting this up, okay? How about some music from his album Always? Here's the title track Always from Dwight Twilly. Let's get down.